Welcome back to Waiting for Christ, our kind of digesting of St. John Henry Newman's writings, Meditations for Advent and Christmas, as compiled by Dr. Christopher Bloom of the Augustine Institute. Here in the studio with Father Dominic Rankin, Carlos Hello. Tejeda, and once again by the wonders of technology, <laughs> Sister Veritas Wilkes from Hello. So She's doing fine. Welcome. We'll communicate to everyone. It's Christmas week. How did that, how did that happen? <laughs> we made it. Did we? Well, well did first... we? Jesus made it. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if we did. He always. Yeah, the Father keeps his promises. He does. Right? <laughs> Thanks. He certainly yeah. does. Okay. So, quick recap of of last week before we jump into uh, this week's reflections. Last week we talked about themes of obedience, obedience and conscience. You know, kind of bookends to the conversation. We talked about. Um, you know, obedience to the to the will of God, and and where that fits in the context of Advent, as we seek to grow closer to the Lord and prepare for His coming, and and be ready for that. We talked about joy and something to the effect of deliverance from sourness, as um, <laughs> <laughs> as Carlos quoted. So, deliver us from the the sourness and the you know kind of something's wrong when we are claiming to be living the faith and doing so with a with a frown. It's a you know. I think Pope Francis talks about that quite a bit as well. And then lastly, we talked about the theme of balance, which, you know, I think in particular in a practical way, especially for, I think, families and, you know, the the demands of the season and all the increase in activity and just the readings were so fitting last week for that, um, that balance of the spiritual life in the concrete, you know, reality of our, our daily life. So... Great discussion on all that. Um, now we're into Christmas week, so you know we've been getting ready for a few weeks, and and here we go. Father Dominic, what struck you this week? So I'm going to take a passage from his reading that we got. We have for December 25th, um, and it's on the I guess sort of third page of that one, 110. Starts right before that, I suppose. He says, "A little religion makes us afraid. When a little light is poured in upon the conscience, there is darkness visible." The glory of God alarms while it shines around. His holiness, the range of the difficulties of his commandments, the greatness of his power, the faithfulness of his word frighten the sinner. But religion itself, far from inculcating alarm and terror, says in the words of the angel, Be not afraid. For such is his mercy, while Almighty God has poured about us his glory, yet it is a consoling glory, for it is the light of his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Break it down. It was, I mean, yeah, good. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll try. Um, I think just to look at the title of that passage, he calls it religious joy. Hmm. I think that captures what he's getting at here because a lot of times we do look at religion as like, here's the, you know, the duties that I need to live up to. We have that language in Newman even. We've talked about mm-hmm. duties, obligations, conscience, what it's calling us to, how we're fallen sinners and like don't live up to it. And there's a, a melancholiness, if that's a word, uh, that can arise when we find ourselves frustrated by what it, whatever it might be, our lack of progress or our lack of patience or our lack of joy, whatever, right? We can, we, can get, we can lose joy further by getting bound up in the fact that we don't have it the way we want to. And Newman speaks directly into that and says, okay, if religion is bringing you to a point of like frustration and fear, it's incomplete. He's not saying it's false. He's saying it's not the full thing because... You're not as, there yet. Yeah, we said it earlier, I think, in one of the previous podcasts. We said, like, uh, there's a sense that you can, you can be, the starting point might be um, feeling the contrition for your sins and being pulled away from those things and feeling re- repulsion for the places we've fallen short. But it has to take the next step 
towards abiding in that glory of, of God, right? The joy that he brings, the fact that he says, be not afraid. And that, just listening to you read that, for some reason it struck me, he doesn't say there's nothing to be afraid of. No. You know. There is. His glory, you know, uh, incul- inculcating terror, you know, just this this idea. We talked about, I think it was the first week of the of the podcast, we talked about the idea of if we just were confronted right now with the complete glory of God, we'd drop dead, right? We'd just it'd be so overwhelming. So, we'd probably explode. Yeah, we'd explode. Like I kind of gave the <laughs> analogy that I give to the third graders of sticking your finger directly in the power plant and boom, right? Um, it just, it, he doesn't say there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, the, um, you know, and I'm reminded too of the, the, Disciples with the wind and the waves, right? It's not that there isn't a storm. Right? Yeah. It's not that God's glory isn't immense and powerful, and it's not that we are utterly unworthy and stand convicted when confronted with that. It's not that there's nothing to be afraid of, but there's something else. I was talking with a brother priest the other day, and he said he had come across a different, uh, I guess, definition of Christian joy than he had ever seen before. And he shared it with me, and I want to pass it along because it was it was really profound and it got me thinking in a different way. He said, Christian joy is not because, not so much because we've, let's say, been given something in Christ, right? But because Christ has accomplished what he, who he is, mm. what, what he's meant to do, right? So like, we have joy because Christ reigns in heaven, not because we find ourselves perfectly aligned with that, right? Like we always are on a path towards him in this life. And so our joy can't be resting on, on our side of the equation. It has to be completely in the fact that he has come, you know, he did become man. He has, you know, accomplished uh, what he set out to do for us. And our joy is in his victory, not in our victory yet, right? I think there's something else to it, just in the, I want to reread the last sentence of what you read. God has poured about us his glory, yet it is a consoling glory, for it is the light of his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. This reminds me of something you said last week, Father, about the light coming in the shed. Mm. I can't remember who that was that you were... C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis, okay, referring to, you know, that light, you know, I don't think you said this, but there were kind of two interpretations of it. I think there's a third one, which is it's blinding. Sure, yeah, of course. So if you stare Ah. right at it, it it can be blinding, but, you know, there's this kind of almost two dimensions, like you referred to last week with the sunlight coming through the shed. There's these two dimensions of the power and awe and, you know, fear inducing aspect of the glory. But here it's, you know, Lewis or um, St. John Henry Newman says, yet it is a consoling glory. So tying that back to what you were saying about it's his victory, right? Therein lies the, there's a consolation that's that's part of this. So, you know, kind of this, it, it's an interesting and probably something we need to wrestle with, this fear versus joy. And it's clearly a theme throughout this Christmas week in, yeah, for in sure. Newman's writings. I was able to hear um, now Cardinal Cantalamesa, uh, papal preacher to the household, point out that of all the world religions, it's only Christianity that begins by saying, this is what God has done for you, mm. rather than this is what you must begin doing. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Uh, but, you know, back to last week's theme of joylessness and, and this theme uh, here of fear of, I th- like my experience of Christianity was first you you know begin doing this uh so it's a real it's a real detour it's interesting because you know another reflection is 
in the scope of world religions, if you will, Christianity is kind of unique in it being a story of God coming down to man. Yeah, mm. it's not us climbing a mountain. It's not us climbing a mountain, yeah. right? So these other sort of spiritual religions of, you know, great accomplishment or Gnosticism where it's like, you know, kind of secret knowledge that I attain. This is about God coming down to us, which is a different w- way of saying, you know, what uh, Cardinal Cantalamesa, if I said that correctly, uh, said. It's a nuanced distinction. <laughs> Newman talks all the time about like do your daily, you know, tasks well. And there's a sense that that can that we can we can get fixated on those things and think, oh, if I just do all, you know, check all these boxes, get everything done just the right way, then I'm getting closer to God. But his point is not that okay, do everything and then you get to God. It's like, no, God has come already, and if you do those things, you're doing them with him and for him and for his glory. This also ties back in an interesting way to something we reflected on a few weeks ago of the fear of heights. So if we tie that into what Carlos said of this, Christianity is not inherently a religion of us going up to God as much as it is God coming down to us, but he lifts us up. Are we afraid to be lifted up, right? Is that part of what's going on with the fear of God? Like, I'm afraid of that, walking in that precipice, you know, at God's height where he is. And it takes the humility to say, not without his help, right? And, and you know, recognizing his coming down from that height to lift us back up maybe is part of where the the shift to joy comes in. The other thing I want to note here in light of what you highlighted, Father, is be not afraid, you know, just as a theme and fear as a barrier to faith. And so I encourage anybody who's listening to the podcast to go out to the dio.org and explore the Be Not Afraid website where you know, we look at many different fears that can be a barrier to this joy, right? That can be the barrier that Carlos highlighted of, you know, my first experience is a negative one, if you will, of the things I need to do or not do as opposed to, you know, the joy of the gospel. And, and sometimes we have to kind of walk through the door of what is that fear that's getting in the way of me experiencing the faith with joy and wrestle with that a little bit. So I encourage everybody to out and take a look at that sister yeah, i also go ahead. i just think sometimes that people are even their fear is of joy i'm afraid mm. to be joyful now they might not necessarily consciously realize that or articulate it like that but i think when we're sometimes surrounded by so much suffering and pain different people having hard times people in our families just things in the world happening and um there can be this fear of am i a bad person if i'm joyful and cheerful because I'm not properly empathizing with other people. And Newman tells us right here on on the reading for Christmas, be not afraid. And he's he's also specifically saying, like, be not afraid to be joyful and cheerful on this Christmas day, no matter what else is going on in your life, because that is what is proper to this day. And I think overall that is what is proper to a Christian. Um, and I think also sometimes for people that, that – fear of being joyful can come in like this is a little bit of a a conversion and i i'm ready to change i don't want to be sad and what what did we say before about the the saints or that sour, sour face sour, or sour, 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 sour yeah. pusses <laughs> we don't want to be i don't want to be a sour puss anymore but save us from the sour <laughs> yes then there's this maybe a little bit of underlying fear of 
but then what are people going to think when I change? It's kind of that vulnerability too. And I think that's for some people out there too. They just need that encouragement. Like, don't be afraid to allow Jesus to let your heart be joyful. You pointed something interesting there uh, as we think about the, the work we're doing with the Be Not Afraid website. Fear of change is a big yeah. deal. It's a, that, that's a, that's a true human resistance to change. Fear, fear of change um, is a big deal. I think, Sister, too, something else I want to add to what you said is one of the reasons I think we kind of cling to our fear and, and don't want to confront it, you highlighted it as sort of an empathy. Completely agree with that. I think also sometimes it can be an excuse mm-hmm. and a dodging of accountability. Absolutely. So if if I have these these fears or these concerns, it's kind of like, you know, the, the what's bad in the world or difficult in my life frees me from the obligation to do whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have time to go help the poor because I have my own difficulties. I, sure. you know, I don't have time to respond. I don't have the the energy or the wherewithal to respond to the joy of the gospel and go serve mm-hmm. others because, you know, my life is so bad, somebody should be serving me. You know, and I, I don't mean to be overly cynical, but we can be trapped in that. And I somewhere, and I couldn't find it in this reading for, for Christmas Day, starting on page 108, Newman does say, he almost gives us um, permission to be joyful on this day simply in the Lord. That this Christmas day, just, you know, it was somewhere in the readings for this week, just this day, basically give yourself permission to just be joyful in the Lord for his sake. Not Mm -hmm. because of my worthiness or unworthiness of it, not in any way reflecting on my relationship, uh, with him, but just him, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me when I read that of St. Thomas Aquinas, you know, that kind of famous moment where, where he's, oh, yeah. you know, he's, he's asked, you know, the, the question by the Lord of, you know, Thomas, you've written well of me. What <laughs> is it that you would ask of me? Just you. Nothing except you, Lord. Yeah. yeah. Nothing except <laughs> you, Lord. So just this day, just this Christmas day to just, you know, uh, to rest in that, if you will, uh, in 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 the joy of the reality of Christ. Yeah, and I think this just this ties into my whole reflection for the week. But this last, the very ending of the Christmas Day one, which we're all talking about on page one eleven, it just says um, it's kind of like a little prayer here. Let us seek the grace of a cheerful heart, an even temper, sweetness, gentleness, and brightness of mind, as walking in His light and by His grace. Let us pray him to give us the spirit of ever abundant, ever abundant, ever springing love, which overpowers and sweeps away the vexations of life by its own righteousness and strength, and which above all things unites us to him who is the fountain and center of all mercy, loving kindness, and joy. And I was just, I mean, I was really struck by that, and I have so many yeah, you things better, marked. You better break that one down. because <laughs> I, I have so many things marked that I could read out, but everyone who's listening has already read this that's the point right so i will say on page 102 and 103 i have a lot highlighted there as well for december 23rd but i think what really struck me overall is this all the things we've been talking about so far these different ideas of conscience and balance and the daily duties of our life and recognizing that this veil that kind of can prevent us from really truly believing in Christ, but the faith to keep working on your salvation, even though we don't understand all these different ideas have been preparing our hearts, 
Hmm. in a way, you know, like Mary or any mother who's expecting a child, there's a lot of preparation that goes into that interior and exterior. And um, we enter in this, in the liturgy in this time of the year, we enter into that preparation. We are preparing to receive Christ in a new way in our hearts. And we've been slowly working every day, thinking about these different ideas that convict us, that make us stop and think, and that encourage us to desire more and to desire to be closer to Christ and have him more in our heart. And now all of a sudden it's it's Christmas week here and all these readings I think are, there's so much about joy and there's so much now specifically focused on that event of Christ coming into the world. That this is what we this is why we've been wrestling and and contemplating and doing all the things you just described yeah. and and it, yeah. It's just like we've it's almost like we you know we're creating that that bed for Christ inside our hearts hmm. and that is what gives us the capacity to be joyful on Christmas is by receiving him a little bit more each day and not that the work is done this again is a microcosm of our whole lives and just I think for all of us um to remember that that's what I just read on the end of page 111 there is that's a prayer of our whole lives. Like, let us seek the grace of a cheerful heart. Amen. I was just thinking Amen. about that too. And like, I could hang that on my bathroom mirror, you know, and like that be, <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't be bad words to start the day with. And yeah. I think, as you said, sister, going forward, it's not as if, okay, Christmas comes and suddenly we're supposed to be joyful. So like, if I'm not feeling it, what do I do now? It's like, no, that's the task of every day is to continue to beg mm-hmm. the Lord, you know, imparts in my heart more and more that that joy you know creating me that place where you can that you can you know come and reign i remember as a little kid uh during advent we would create like a little like crash thing and if we did a good deed during the day we would get a, a piece of straw we could put it in there the goal was to have a sufficient number of pieces of straw in your in your little thing literally you're making a bed for you're Jesus. literally making it yeah. but it's it's a vivid image of exactly mm. what we're supposed to be doing i think sometimes we forget uh how helpful that was as a little kid hmm. well we're not we're not so far away from that that we we aren't called to something similar. Carlos, what struck you? Yeah, so these um, themes of, I guess, in a way, what you're describing, Father, is a type of community. And so on uh, December 21, um, sort of ending with page 95, the last portion of the first paragraph, um, he says, no one, no man nor woman can stand alone. We are so constituted constituted by nature and the world instead of helping us as an open adversary but increases our solitariness so sort of like the opposite end of the <laughs> spectrum there of what we were talking about of intimacy with Christ and allowing him into our heart um, but you know I think it's a it's a connected circle so um, you know seeing the joy of my children anticipating mm. the coming mm. of Christmas both at a material level but at a spiritual level too and you know, my four-year-old daughter is like, she is like an amazing sacrificer. <laughs> like, mm. And this is coming to life, you know, in this Advent season because we do have one of those little mangers with straw in it. And they love, she has, she's developed a taste for sacrifice and it's amazing mm. to see it in her little soul and body. Um, but the um, uh, sort of well, maybe a little bit of a, a detour and <laughs> departure. Let's uh, so listen to this. Uh, another webinar, uh, it was more of a webinar than a podcast, but um, uh, Jason Craig from Fraternus was pointing out the the synthesis of all heresies, modernism, in a way can boil mm-hmm. down to this, uh, I am sufficient, this mantra mm-hmm. of like, I am sufficient by myself, uh, which 
is totally not the case, and we all know it, but uh, it's really easy to get trapped by that. And so simultaneously coming across uh, this writing of uh, St. John Newman really highlighted the the juxtaposition or like the, the fork in the road for all of us, but particularly heightened here at Advent. It's an interesting sense in which Christmas is countercultural. Yeah. That I wouldn't have thought of, right? So the, the it is a it is one hundred percent a celebration of community. Yeah. Yeah. It's the holy family, it's all the families and everybody else that gathers together uh to celebrate Christmas. It's it is a high pitched moment of communion. So that's an interesting well, contrast to kind of the individualism Carlos. It's the way God works. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't show up like I don't know, Superman just like flies out of the blue and like, you know, crash lands on planet Earth and is like, hey, I've got this, guys. You know, like, I'm all on my own and like, I'm coming to save the world. Like, so Captain America's not? Cap- well, I, I'm not going to say anything against Captain America right now, but uh, no, but Jesus comes as a baby in a family, in a, you know, like in a larger community. He draws disciples and apostles around himself. It's never a sense of like, hey, I've got this alone, guys. Like, you know. Uh, this the strongman image of so many other kind of uh, mm-hmm. what our culture wants to see and expects in some some yeah extent. he enters the scene utterly vulnerable yeah and in community and dependent on community it's yeah. it's, it's a fascinating reflection I'd like to come back to kind of pull things together with where sister was and that is on page one ten toward the bottom it is a day of joy it is good to be joyful it is wrong to be otherwise. For one day, we may put off the burden of our polluted consciences and rejoice in the perfection of our Savior Jesus Christ without thinking of ourselves, without thinking of our own miserable uncleanness, but contemplating his glory, his righteousness, his purity, his majesty, his overflowing love. So I think there you have it. Merry Christmas. There you have it. Merry Christmas. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Father, would you mind closing us in prayer? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Lord, we ask you for the grace of a cheerful heart, for joy on this day, because of what you've done in our heart, you've done in our life, and what you've done by giving us your Son, Christ our Lord. We pray that your blessing may remain with us, and with our families and friends, in these beautiful and blessed days. The Lord be with you. And with, with your, your spirit. spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, Sister. Merry Christmas, You're everybody. Welcome. We will be back. Uh, you know, as a reminder, Christmas has just begun. <laughs> so we will continue to, to be continued. Yeah, we will continue to celebrate <laughs> Christmas next week. Thanks. Thanks.